0: Let's begin with our top story. The federal government, of course, approved a multi-billion dollar merger of telecom companies Rogers and Shaw, but with conditions that Ottawa insists will make uh, the deal good for all of you out there. Now, Francois-Philippe Champagne, uh, the Minister of Innovation Industry, made the announcement this morning. He called the merger a watershed moment uh, for the telecom sector, saying it would drive down wireless prices for all Canadians. Part of the deal uh, includes the vast majority of Shaw's wireless business, Freedom Mobile, being sold to Quebec-based Videotron. That will mean Freedom Mobile's 2 million customers will move over to Videotron. Now, Rogers and Videotron have signed written undertakings agreeing to 21 different conditions. Uh, Mr. Champagne said he will be uh, act like a hawk to ensure that the companies uphold their commitments. Should either party breach any of these commitments, they will be required to pay significant financial damages. Up to $200 million in the case of Videotron and up to $1 billion in the case of Rogers. Now, in the case of Videotron, what they have signed on to is that they have to offer plans that are comparable to those currently available in Quebec. In Quebec... Uh, in residents there or at least have the opportunity for uh, slightly lower prices than here in British Columbia. They also have to offer, uh, their plan options uh, have to be at least 20% cheaper than those offered by other major players. Uh, Videotron also cannot transfer the Freedom mobile license for 10 years and they have to expand its 5G network Uh, in Freedom Mobile's existing territory within two years. They also have to increase data allotments for Freedom Mobile customers by 10% as they bring down prices. And as the minister said, the company faces a maximum fine of $200 million if it violates any of these conditions. Uh, The minister was asked uh, how uh, the agreement that uh, he has been witnessing will lead to lower prices. Take a listen. The evidence is undeniable, The way to drive down prices is through competition. Having a fourth strong national player does lead to lower prices. Now, Joining me now to talk about the Rogers-Shaw deal is Michael Geist. He's a professor of law at the University of Ottawa. He's a Canada Research Chair in the Internet and e-commerce law. Professor Geist, thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Uh, Do you view this as a good deal for Canadian
1: consumers? No, um, you know I, I don't think you end up with more competition by having less competitors, and with this deal, alongside the increasing elimination of many of the independent players that have been in, in part fueled by this deal, has meant is that we have fewer and fewer competitors in the Canadian marketplace, which you know the minister acknowledges we've got some of the highest prices uh, I just I'm skeptical, as I think so was the Competition Bureau, so was a uh, uh, parliamentary committee that looked
0: at this issue. That this is that this merger is going to actually result in in a good deal for consumers. In your mind, why would the government allow it allow it to go ahead? Based on what you've just said.
1: Well, you know, listen. The government rarely stands in the way of of, of large mergers, and the playbook was set by way of an earlier merger with Bell and MTS in Manitoba. Mm-hmm. Rogers largely just played the same playbook. And, you know, I I think we could ask that question now for almost two decades. Why has the government allowed Canada to become one of the most expensive markets in the world for wireless services? And it's really in many ways given free reign, I think, to some of these large players who um, haven't faced foreign competition uh, to any significant degree and frankly haven't uh, faced the kind of regulatory pressure that we might have hoped for to bring in more competition. So this has been a a successive, long-standing story. It's cut across governments, both conservative and liberal. And, you know, I think uh, the cynics with all of this would have said that this was entirely predictable, albeit pretty discouraging. Uh,
0: So what needs to be done? You did mention, look, uh, you you have to have stronger policy, stronger government. Is it is also just a case of just allowing more American companies to, to come in and buy some of these cell phone companies and at least maybe even have a majority share? Is that part of it as well?
1: Well, foreign competition, I think, would have helped. Uh, You know, I think there's an open question as to um, as as to whether or not we may have just missed our moment with respect to foreign competitors you know there was a time when we might have opened up the market more aggressively to foreign competition and had we brought in some of those larger players i think we would have a bit of a different competitive dynamic we can look at other countries australia for example that has a pretty similar geography to canada and yet a much more competitive environment with foreign players so part of it may be still to see if someone's willing to come in, although past, past attempts at that haven't worked well. There are other possibilities. We could emphasize more what's known as MDNOs, mobile virtual network operators. That would be independent players that run on the networks of some of the established players uh, and pay wholesale rates but have the ability to bring in new kinds of competition. But what we know at a minimum mm-hmm. is that we've, what we've seen to date just isn't working.
0: So is it, and I'm trying to understand this, like if if, if this would make many consumers, in fact, all consumers happy, knowing full well they can pay 20, 30 percent less than cell phone costs, Uh, you would think there would be elected officials or elected officials who would take that opportunity and uh, because it would be incredibly popular. Um, Is is it just a lack of will then? I'm trying to understand this. Every government that comes along, you're absolutely correct, liberal or conservative, they all talk about driving down costs. They always talk about Canadians paying too much. But then at the end of the day, we get deals like this and somehow we're supposed to be happy.
1: Yeah, no, well, I think the government knows full well that this is not a good news story. You don't take good news stories and try to bury it on a Friday with two weeks of vacation headed, headed their way for the various MPs so they don't have to be questioned on it in the House of Commons. It's, it, I mean, it's an ongoing source of frustration that we haven't seen a government that's more aggressive on this. And in some ways, you know, it, it's substituting... Things that may attract attention and some headlines for actual changes on competition. You had the minister even in the in the opening talk about the contracts that they've got and these ten year commitments. You know, first off, these companies don't think in ten year chunks. They think in longer terms. And they're willing in many respects to pay a little bit now for a longer term, less competitive environment down the road. And we've got a a situation where quite literally we had one of the largest players like Rogers choosing who its competitor would be. I mean, they were, and they started with, well, we don't want a competitor. Then they went to, a couple of proposals that just were just so ridiculous that, that nobody seemed to even take it seriously, mm-hmm. and so their their best case was Videotron, which offers some amount of competition, but they know it's the weakest of the choices because no one, if given the opportunity to effectively choose who their competitor's going to be. Is going to make it a strong competitor.
0: Mm-hmm. I always notice with the European, uh, the EU, European nations, EU specifically, that they seem to be much more, um, much more vigilant, but also have robust policy. That challenges the status quo. Uh, you know, recently we heard that uh, the, the roaming fees, whenever you go to the United States, the, that the companies are bumping it up from $14 a day to 16 Each one is doing the same, s- similar sort of thing here in Canada. Yet in the, in, in the EU, there's, there's been talk about just you, you don't pay roaming charges or it's going to be the same whatever you pay in your host country traveling through the EU. Yes, there are some advantages of being the EU, and you do that, but Europeans seem to do it a lot better in regards to pricing, in regards to uh, consumer protection than than we do here in North America, specifically Canada.
1: I think you're absolutely right. You know, I, I think Europe has prioritized consumers and regulations to say, to say, listen, this is these are our objectives, and we're going to do something about it. Whereas there's been a real reticence for, for the government to do much of anything on on some of these issues. And roaming is a perfect example. It was only a few years ago that Rogers unveiled their roam-like home where it was $5. Um, And and now, you know, you you cited where the costs are going. That kind of price increase on a daily basis is just wildly in excess of certainly what we've seen from an inflationary perspective. But it, it suggests that it was almost a bit of a bait and switch where we bring in these customers, say they were offering at, for example, low roaming fees, and steadily increase them to the point where we're back to being wholly uncompetitive. And other countries have, have simply not been content to to sit back and say this is acceptable.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Professor Geis, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it.
1: Oh my pleasure. Thanks for having me.